Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Today, within the LibroCube, my friends, is Movie Monday. Move over, Monday! It's Movie Monday in the LibroCube. Something very important to say at the top of almost every show, however most important, I would personally say, is that there will be spoilers. Folks, take heed of the spoiler warning. I am going to spoil things. Hmm. Heed given. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No. That is ridiculous. Uh, The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes because that is what helps others find the podcast. Mm. Thank you for those who have done so already. Very, very much appreciated. That will take us into our last piece of podcast-related midness, and that is, of course, today's sponsor. Because we got to get paid. we got to get paid. Today's sponsor is the Skynet Internet Service Provider. Once again, today's sponsor is the Skynet Internet Service Provider. Thank you to them for sponsoring this show. (laughs) Today I have a, what I'm going to call a very special episode, because it is mm, pretty special, pretty special. Perhaps not very special. Let's just take out the very, we'll leave the special, perhaps puts pretty in front of the special, pretty special, because it is a beautiful, pretty, cute little special. Mm, adorables. Huh? What? I went on a bit of a... Mm. Anyways, today's pretty special episode is one in which I have brought back for your listening pleasure, question mark? The entire Terminator anthology. Yes, that is what I've done. So, that is Terminator's movies 1 through to 4. Yes, all of them, in fact. Huh, because there is four of them. Uh, just on that note, how would I say that the reason I have these is because uh, a couple of weeks ago it was the Amazon deal of the day, and for all four movies, on Blu-ray, no less was, uh, I think it was $18. So that's one of those deals, like, whoa. Stop the presses. So, then I, I then stopped my presses, and then I went on Amazon and bought it. Huh. And I figured, hey, now that I have these, what I'm gonna do is do a podcast episode devoted entirely to them. I was just kind of waiting for when I had a, uh, a bunch of PC games, or a PC game, 
because I can only play Blu-rays on my PlayStation 3, and I can't play them on the PC. So, because I play video games while watching movies, and vice versa, uh, I needed something to entertain me on both devices. You feel me? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Uh, for a little audience participation, which I throw out from time to time, am I a freak? <laughs> By that, of course, I mean, uh, does anyone out there play both video games and watch movies or TV at the same time? Uh, am I alone in this? I almost feel like since I've been doing that, if I just do one or the other, I'm like wasting time. <laughs> I could be doing both at the same time. Okay, so uh, I guess I should hop right in. My plan was to possibly, hopefully, maybe, probably, probably not, oh god, uh, get these done on my way to work. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be possible because I've wasted a lot of time so far. So let's jump right in with the movie The Terminator. Uh, did you know it's The Terminator. I, I didn't know there was a the in front of it. But apparently, there is a the. All the other ones know the. The first one got a the. That being said, perhaps the fact that it has a the is why it is not as good as the other ones. <laughs> this is perhaps a unpopular opinion about the Terminator franchise, but the first one, I don't think it holds up very well came out in, I didn't write down any years that these movies came out, came out in the 80s, I think we could say that much, and I don't know, it just, uh, why don't I throw my rating on that note, I'd go two to three out of five, uh, I don't think I would watch it again, and I couldn't remember if this was only my second viewing or my third viewing, um, but I think that's enough, <laughs> I think if I ever decide to watch Terminator movies again, which I knew very well, uh, I would skip the first one, because it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint why it is not as good. What I believe is at least a possibility is the pacing. Movie pacing between... Movie pacing nowadays compared to, say, the 80s and even the 90s uh, is quite, quite different, and they're just much more slow and things don't happen as quickly. <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, a movie with slow pacing. However, the fact that it is much less often that you watch movies with slow pacing means you get used to, your brain gets used to quickly paced movies. So when you do uh, occasionally either revisit a older movie with slower pacing, uh, it can sort of drain you a little bit, because you're so used to experience things much more quickly. Does that make sense? Again, feel free to have a little audience participation. Participation. You could do so to the email address provided in the closing credits, or please tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood. Would love to hear from you. Give a just sort of brief, very, very brief synopsis about this movie. Uh, it's about the Terminator, <laughs> which is a robot. Yes, we love robots in the Liberal Cube. Uh, how about just on that note, my most listened to episode, which tickles me to no end, is titled uh, Robot-Armed Monkey Apocalypse. Yep, 
over 200 and some odd listens to that particular episode for some reason. <laughs> it must be the title, because that's a pretty good title. I, I don't brag about my titles very often, but that's a pretty good one. Robot Armed Monkey Apocalypse. So uh, a robot sent back in time to kill someone. Ah, time travel, too. Uh, love, love, love little time travel in my science fiction. It's funny, I just, on a book Wednesday that I just recorded... The last episode I recorded won't be the last. I'm probably going to post these out of order. Uh, the last book, the Wednesday, I recorded was about a Star Trek Deep Space Nine book, yeah, uh, in which time travel took place. And I mentioned that I love time travel in my science fiction. For example, as well, hey, babe, hey, why not just while throwing that out? Uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, which I believe has turned into my favorite show. So the robot in question, played of course by Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if this was his first role or his first role that sort of really exploded him into the acting world. It was perhaps this or Conan. Um, they were both kind of like maybe around the same time. So he uh, does a little sci-fi in this, does a little fantasy in Conan, covers the bases, if you will. He is sent back to kill Sarah Connor. Why? Because in the future, robots have taken over the world. What? Oh, no. Robots taking over the world? That's horrible. Um, yeah. There are sort of remnants of the human race that are fighting against the robots. So the robots are like, oh, yeah? Well, the leader of these remnants, if he was dead, this probably would, we'd, we'd, we would have won by now, they says to themselves, they says. So they send back a robot with a sort of outer skin of Arnold Schwarzenegger to kill Sarah Carnar. The rebels, uh, I guess, know that this has happened, so send back one of their own, a human being, no less, by the name of Kyle. <laughs> That's a... Uh, Interesting choice for a name. You you think you'd want like a real manly name like um, Steel? Hi, my name's Steel. I'm from the future. Hi, my name's Kyle. I'm from the future. See see the difference there? Uh, he has sent back to protect Sarah Connor. Uh, this is where sort of the twist comes in, and this is a bit of a spoiler, I suppose. It's an action movie. It's a man, mm, for lack of a better word, protecting a woman. They're gonna have sex. Yeah? Yeah. They're going to have sex, and she is going to become pregnant. That's not usual, actually. So she becomes pregnant with her son, who is the leader of the rebels. So it turns out that the leader of the rebels in the future, fighting the robots, sent back in time his own father <laughs> that then impregnated his mother. So little uh, little time travely wibbly wobbly type stuff there. Okay, let's move on to Terminator 2, colon, Judgment Day. Ooh, Judgment Day. This movie is much, 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 much better than the first one. Uh, I would go, this is a 5 out of 5 movie, and I don't think it is just me re-watching it for the, if I had to guess, maybe fourth time, maybe fifth time. It's not just sort of nostalgia of me watching it and going, oh yeah, I remember this. Looking back fondly. No, I, I think this movie does hold up very, very well. Even the special effects, which 
it's kind of surprising just because this is sort of in the heyday of early type special effects. Uh, in this movie, Arnie, Arnie Schwarzenegger, I like to call him Arnie. I always call him Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger is sent back again. Although, not again, because this time it is a different robot, which allows the writers and creators of this movie to have um, Arnold Schwarzenegger die in these movies. However, he can always come back looking the same, although being technically a different robot, just with the same outer skin to it. So, that's good and cool. This time, however, he's a good guy. Again, very, I think, smart on the part of the writers, because Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a good robot, and perhaps good is too strong a word, perhaps just saying a robot fighting on the, yeah, that's a good way to say it, he plays a robot fighting on the side of good, whether he is good or not is, well, we'll sort of leave that, leave that up to you, because he does um, kick ass and take names, and until he is told not to kill people, he does kill people. He is sent back this time to protect John Connor. John Connor, who is a teenager now, I guess, protect him from a new version of the Terminator robots, a prototype version made out of liquid metal. What? Yeah, this is where I think the, the sort of highlight of this movie is for me, a liquid metal killer robot. <laughs> I remember... Maybe some of it is nostalgia, me looking back and being just sort of blown away by how awesome that idea and the execution of it is. Ah, oh, shit, forgot to write down the actor who played this robot, but just so, so perfect in this role. Quite often, your movie, your TV show, your comic book, your whatever, uh, it's not so much the good guy that makes it great. It is the bad guy that can make it great or not so great. Very, very important to remember. I think that's one of the reasons uh, Batman is so good, because he has the Joker. So you could look at this Terminator as the Joker and Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Batman. John Connor forces Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he can give him commands, to save his mother, who's been locked in an institution because everyone thought she was crazy, because she was telling everyone about Judgment Day. Judgment Day is basically what you think it is, uh, a day in which the robots sort of take over, let loose uh, atomic bombs and kind of blow the shit out of the planet, slash take it over for the most part, with the exception of the Resistance. She tried to tell people this was going to happen, and for some reason they didn't believe her. Oh, man. Uh, she decides at one point in this movie that a way to stop Skynet from uh, basically becoming sentient is, is almost, uh, I think, how you would look at it, is to kill the creator of it. So she goes on a mission to do that. He is not killed. However, he believes her story and decides that the only way to stop this from happening is to sort of destroy his life's work. So they do that in a sort of uh, pretty cool sequence of events there that I don't have time to get into. This movie has one of the best, easy, easy, easy to put in the top five um, last battles. It's an action movie. You're sort of almost underlying idea I always feel of an action movie is it's build up, it's working towards the final battle between good and evil. And this one, definitely in the top five, between Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's sort of a, how you could look at it, he's an out-of-date robot model. 
no longer made versus the new, the new and improved model, the liquid metal model, and with sort of Sarah Connor and John Connor in the fray here and there. Uh, should I spoil it and tell you who won, perhaps? Okay. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did win. Yeah. Surprise! Although it was uh, it was not easy going. For example, this liquid metal dude, gunshots basically they can phase him just from the just from the fact that it is bullets hitting his body, but quickly heals himself. He's been in explosions, fiery explosions. Uh, one of the coolest parts of this movie, uh, from the uh, special effects effects. <laughs> special effects point of view is where he is frozen with a truck full of liquid nitrogen that crashes and covers him. So that freezes him solid and he sorts of breaks apart. Arnold Schwarzenegger shoots him and he disintegrates into a million pieces. However, once he thaws out, all the pieces sort of like, uh, it, it looks like mercury and I think maybe that's kind of what they use. Uh, meld back together again. The only way to kill them, or I don't know if it's the only way, but the way they do kill him is uh, he falls into basically molten metal. And that was a really cool death scene that will always haunt me. Okay, folks, I'm at work. Uh, I guess we didn't finish. So two movies on the way to work and hopefully two movies on the way home, and that will wrap it up. Wrap it up, people. Wrap it up. Keep those babies from happening. What? Yes. Turned into a little TSA for you at the end there. Uh, one final thing to say, of course, and that is Love Your Dear Reads. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! 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 We are back! Back in action! Hello again. Eight hours of work under the old belt, no less. Came back from a long weekend holiday, and although there was catching up to do, it wasn't a onerous amount of catching up to do. So, hey, no complaints. Thus concludes Jordan's work talk. That's about the... That's probably a high average for the amount of work talk we devote on the podcast. Two? What? Hmm? Let's jump right back into Movie Monday with Terminator 3. Rise. Oh, wait, sorry. Terminator 3, colon, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> Scary. Mm. Why do machines never rise and cook us breakfast? No, they always rise and then band together and kill us. That's just the way they are for some reason. Hmm, we need some Asimov-style rules embedded in our robots, people. That cannot be broken, please. Robot makers, if you are listening to this, and I assume you are, because as I mentioned, Robot Armed Monkey Apocalypse is my most listened to episode. I assume it is because robot makers are a big fan of this podcast. Please, 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 when creating robots, put in... Asimov's rules of robots. Basically, even just boil those down to don't kill humans. Yeah, just boil it down to that even, and I'd be happy to not be killed by a robot. Thank you. Okay, so Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, is... 
Uh, the second one's still still number one in my books, Terminator 2. I'm going to go three out of five with the odd four to five moments. How about moments such as <laughs> our buddy, our pal, friend of the podcast, although he does not know it exists, uh, Mr. Chris Hardwick, who obviously comes up every single rock internet day, uh, although I don't think he's ever really come up on a movie Monday. I don't know why he would. Uh, yeah, he's in a couple of movies, including Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Has a small little part as kind of a, uh, how would you describe it? Kind of a nerdy, huh? Yes. Uh, tech guy working for the government, I guess is how you could say it. Just sort of on that note, kind of the first time I saw this movie way back when, probably close to when it came out, this one I think I've only seen the one time. Uh, I didn't even know who Chris Hardwick was back then, so probably wouldn't have noticed this uh, scene he's in. So, so there you go. Uh, in this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger is good again. They like keeping him in the good role, which uh, which I like. I, I think he's a better good guy than a bad guy. Although his uh, his scary face is uh, is pretty good. His intimidating face. Uh, it is, once again, the same Terminator unit, or sorry, the ta same Terminator model, however, a different unit. So looks looks like the Terminators from the previous movies, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, however, is actually factually a different robot. Uh, in this one, John Connor's a little bit older, in his uh, 20s, I guess, mid, mid to late 20s, yeah. The evil robots this time have sent back yet another Terminator. However, the mission of this particular Terminator is to not only kill John Connor, that's sort of their ongoing mission, but to also kill his lieutenants, so people within his rebel army. Which is kind of cool just because it gives the story a little more freedom than just one Terminator trying to kill one person, rather it's one Terminator trying to kill a bunch of people, so uh, it allows them to have much more gruesome and bloody deaths, which is just what you want in an action movie. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in this one is protecting John Connor, once again, as well as just some sort of random girl that he knows that they learn ends up to be his wife in the distant future. Interesting. The question is, would they be man and wife regardless of these events, or is it the fact that a Terminator was sent back to kill them both uh, that sort of thrust them together? Hmm, interesting. Little chicken and the egg stuff going on in these movies, which is uh, one of the reasons I like it. It is in this movie that Skynet goes live. It takes place in 2003? I didn't write it down, so that's a bit of a guess. Yeah, so Skynet, the evil, let's call it operating system. So like your Windows, like your uh, Google Chrome. However, this one takes over all the computers all over the globe, uh, including computers that are in charge of firing missiles, which is not a good idea. I know, and I forget how I know this, but actual factual missile launching needs human intervention. It, it is not robots that can let loose nuclear weapons on the globe. That cannot happen. There has to be human, sort of mechanical pushing of buttons. Just something to keep in mind. Uh, curious, the developers of that, did they think, mm, maybe Skynet will happen one day, so let's make sure that 
humans need to be involved at some level. Curious, curious. Uh, lots of action, really, as far as story, not a crazy amount of interest. The Terminator in this one is played by a girl. Ah, oh, shit, didn't write down her name. That is the dreaded name curse rearing its ugly head. She was uh, pretty smoking hot, which makes sense if you're going to create a robot to kill people. Make it good looking, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> in fact, there's one section where, uh, not section, there's one scene where she's pulled over by the cops because she's speeding like a maniac. And uh, she notices the officer's a guy, and then she <laughs> makes her boobs expand, so it looks like she has bigger boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that that scene sort of jumps out in my mind. She is a combination of Arnold Schwarzenegger-style Terminator, as well as the liquid metal-style Terminator. So, basically kind of a, a mechanical, robotic skeleton overlaid by that uh, liquid metal stuff, which is cool because it gives her the ability to sort of morph as the first one was able to. However, the first one could not, say, turn its arm into a gun. It could just turn its arm into, like, a knife or a cudgel of some sort, whereas with this girl, because of the underlying robotic infrastructure, uh -huh, she's able to turn her arm into a gun if she so chooses. So, cool idea. And she is a bit of a badass. I will give her that. Okay, so, let's move into the last movie, Terminator Salvation. I don't believe there is a colon between those two, but you could put one, and uh, I, I would forgive you. Terminator colon Salvation. Yeah, sure. I like a good colon in my title. This one is a whole different movie. Yeah. Uh, you could almost take this movie on its own, totally separate from the first three movies, just because it is after the Judgment Day of Terminator 3. So it is, the first three movies basically took part, so took place in this world, in this world as it exists. But in Terminator Salvation, you sort of jump to a post-apocalyptic world. If you are a listener of this podcast, you will know that just about every time I bring up anything post-apocalyptic, I will do it with, I will do it and also say that I like anything post-apocalyptic. Hmm. Uh, games, books, video games. I said games twice, once with video in front of them. Movies, television, you name it. Something about it always seems to really appeal to me, and I always give things in that sort of, uh, if we can call it, the genre, uh, very, very high marks. For example, my two favorite video games are Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Uh, within my top five books are The Stand by Stephen King, as well as a book called Swan Song, Swan Song by Robert, I always get his last name wrong, McCannon? McMannon? Yeah. Name curse. There it is again. Post-apocalyptic TV shows you don't really get. Not that I could think of off the top of my head. I guess they made a Terminator television show, Terminator Salvation, I think it was called, was it not? I never really got into that or even saw an episode. Maybe I would like it. No, it was called the Sarah Connor Chronicles. 
Uh, I'm curious about it. So for, I think we did some audience participation this morning. Further audience participation is you can let me know if the Sarah Connor Chronicles is good and I will perhaps check it out. Yeah. So anyways, it is much further into the future. Uh, John Connor now played by Christian Bale. This is the movie that, at least I do believe it is, it sort of came out uh, around the interwebs, uh, uh, video or was it a video i think it was just an audio recording of christian bale freaking out on a guy for getting in his light or something to that effect just really not good basically i think he's done a lot since then to sort of clean up his image a little bit but that's the kind of thing that sticks with you so if you are famous be nice because if you are not it will get out and people will know you're a jerk yeah and people uh, it goes both ways too because People know that, uh, say, uh, Tom Hanks or George Clooney or Chris Hardwick, they know that these are nice people, and it gets around that they are. So uh, I like that thought. Really haven't said anything about the movie yet. Uh, yeah, post-apocalyptic, Christian Bale is running. He's in charge of a, I think, significant group of rebels who are fighting these robots. Uh, the army, I suppose, is it just the U.S. Army or sort of a combination of the world's armies have banded together as well. But they're, they're fighting side by side, obviously, because it's humans against robots. However, uh, Christian Bale is kind of separate from them in that he's not regular army. So there's a little uh, friction between those two factions. Faction friction, if you will. Faction friction. Faction friction. That's fun to say. Maybe the title of this episode. Uh, I can't remember 100% if this movie starts with a scene of a, of a dude sort of waking up. Like, oh my god, where am I? He wakes up with amnesia. Reminded me very, very strongly of video games. Quite often, in video games, they will start with you waking up not knowing who you are or where you are. Or just a, a nice case of video game amnesia. And this guy had it. And had it bad. Had it to the point where he woke up not knowing what year it was. Uh, several scenes before that, oh, I have just remembered, he's in prison about to be killed for, I don't know, doing something bad. He's on death row. And um, a girl, oh, Helena Bonham Carter, that's a good name, Paul, offers him the choice to kind of donate his body to science. So that was, I think, um, pre-apocalypse. Then we jump to the year 2018, and it is post-apocalyptics, and he is waking up. What? That's pretty crazy. Uh, we learn, and here is the big spoiler of this movie. I think I've done a pretty good job of not spoiling things so far, but with this movie, I'm going to have perhaps more difficulty. We learn, eventually, that this guy, by the name of Marcus, is in fact the very first, the prototype of a Terminator with human skin. Prototype, actually, to the degree where it's as if his consciousness has been uploaded into this robot, so he doesn't even know that he is a robot. Uh, very, very cool. Reminds me of, isn't that in Blade Runner? Been quite a long time since I've seen Blade Runner, but don't at least one or some of the robots in Blade Runner not know they are robots? Uh, and that kind of idea really... It's cool to me that potentially a robot will exist with such per such perfection as far as being human-like that it will not even realize it is a robot. Cool, cool. 
thought the reason this dude has been created by the evil Skynet robots is because nothing has allowed them to penetrate the sort of inner workings of the rebels of the human alliance. So they figured, hey, we just need a robot that looks like a human to get in there and tell us where they are and cause up a ruckus. Marcus does not know any of this, so none of this is done on purpose. However, inadvertently, he does sort of lead the bad guys to the good guys to blow the shit out of them, which is not good. Uh, also introduced in this movie is a young Kyle Reese. Kyle, as we spoke of in the first Terminator, is who it ended up being the father, the father of John Connor. What? So that's pretty crazy. Uh, you see him as a younger version. Everything, it's, it almost feels like it comes full circle because John Connor, we know, will eventually send Kyle Reese back in time to before he was born and that will then impregnate his mother with himself, basically. Freaking crazy, crazy shit to kind of wrap your mind around. Uh, lots of cool, something they did in this, which I think probably they were able to do because the technology of CG, uh, computer graphics, has come quite a long way, even since Terminator 3, and definitely since the first couple of movies. Uh, they were able to have much different variety of uh, robots, Terminators. So you've got ones that are just sort of uh, robot-looking, with metal metal skeletons kind of walking around is how I always kind of look at them. Then you've got ones that are sort of eel-like and swim around in the rivers. Those ones are pretty cool. Then you've got, uh, I think my favorite one, and probably a lot of people's favorite ones, is there was one that was a giant. Like, fucking Jesus. If, if these guys have the ability to make robots the size of, where, where their leg is, say, the size of a, of a car, one leg equals one car length. Yeah, how are they, how have they not killed all humans already. That was a cool battle. They've got ones that are in the shape of motorcycles, or can sort of morph into this shape of motorcycles. Those ones kind of reminded me of Transformers, so getting a little Transformer-y flying ones, and uh, eventually the introduction of ones that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a, there's a couple of them that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around towards the end, so cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'm just about at home. I didn't mean for this episode to be as long as it was. However, apparently I have a lot to say about the Terminator anthology. It turns out, I guess that's not too surprising, actually. Didn't really get too much into story on that last one, or any of them for that matter, but that allows you to watch these. The last one, I'd go, for rating-wise, four to five, yeah, with some five out of five moments, like when they're fighting the giant robot. That's a five out of five moment for me. That'll end her. That will end her. I had fun. I hope you did too. Would love to hear from you. And that only leaves one thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.